Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. What a great song and a great prayer. Father, this morning as we turn to the scriptures, as we look to the words of Jesus today, I pray that his words would not fall on deaf ears, but that they would land on good soil, that our hearts would be ready to receive, that our minds would comprehend the things that you teach us today. And so uh, we commit this next uh, piece of our service to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks everyone for singing. You can go ahead and be seated. This is good. If you haven't been with us over the past uh, three weeks, we are at the tail end. This is week four and the final part of a message series. In fact, I wrote this message series back in January. I was, uh, we were driving home from Florida, and after laying around in the sun, I was driving down the road, and I said to my wife, I said, honey, start writing. And she grabbed my computer and started typing, and I was just, um, all this stuff was rolling out of me, and it's kind of cool after all these months to actually get to be here and to, to share it with you. I uh, hope this, this message series has been helpful, that the the visuals, particularly the yoke, uh, would be applicable to you and help you to remember the truths that, that Jesus wanted us to understand when he said these, these words. Uh, throughout this series, over the last three weeks, we've really been talking about the real deal, the skinny on what it means to follow Jesus. In fact, the, the, the words that we've been coming back to over and over again were words that Jesus spoke to his disciples, not to everybody, not to people out there, but to the people who were closest to him, the people that would follow him, the people that would carry his mission, his work, and his message to the world. He's talking to his disciples. And, and so if you're here today and you are committed to following Jesus, you'd call yourself a Christian, then this series is helpful because it's helping you to understand what it really means to follow Jesus. For those maybe on the edge trying to decide whether this is something for you, you're getting the inside scoop. I mean, there's, there's no sugarcoating of anything through this message series. Being a follower of Jesus means getting into his yoke. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Let's look at the text that we've been studying for the past three Sundays. Jesus says these words. Come to me, all who labor, who work, and are heavy laden, who are under the weight of that work, and I will give you rest. That doesn't sound so good. Take my yoke upon you. What a weird word. As a kid, I remember hearing the word yoke and thinking, what was I even talking about? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So Jesus, in trying to explain to his disciples what it would mean for them to lay down their lives and to follow him, he points them to this device called a yoke. And if you haven't been with us, I'll give you the quick definition we've been using. A yoke is simply a wooden bar that binds two animals together as one for the purpose of work. So a farmer would take a yoke like this and some leather harness straps and things like that, and they would put uh, two donkeys, two mules, two horses, two oxen inside together. And the purpose of the yoke is to bind the two animals together. They are now moving in tandem as a single unit. One horse can't wander off that way. They go together. And the strength of both animals is combined to do work. So something's getting done. And Jesus says, this is what I want you to think about when you you think about what it means to follow me. 
And so uh, throughout the series, week one, we talked about how Jesus doesn't simply invite us to believe in him. Lots of people believe in Jesus. He invites us to partner with him. There's a very big difference between believing in someone and partnering with them and doing life side by side, pressing together. Very, very different. He says, I don't want you just to believe. I want you to partner with me. Week two, we learned about how all work, everything that we do, so when you leave here and you go to work, maybe tomorrow on Monday, you go to work, and no matter whether you're sweeping floors or operating on someone's body and saving their life, whether you're serving up some tacos or home with the kids, you know, changing poopy bums, like no matter what you do, that work that you do is kingdom work if you're doing it with and for the king. If you're doing it in tandem with him, it's kingdom work. So we learned about that in week two. Week three, we learned about the dangers of being unequally yoked. Why does God make such a big deal? In the Old Testament, he says, don't put an ox and a donkey in the same yoke. Don't do it. It was actually a law. They weren't allowed to do that. Because you have to pair animals of the same kind, animals with the same strength, animals with the same nature. That's the only way it works. And so for us as Christians, those who are going to follow Jesus, the people we do life with, the person you marry... The person you work with in business, the people who are your closest friends need to be of the same kind. And the principle is this, that if they're the same kind, they're going the same direction as you. They have the same values as you, and they're willing to put in the same amount of effort. And when you have those three things, you are equals, and you're pushing together. Otherwise, the whole thing falls apart. And so we learned about that. Today, as we wrap up the series, I want to focus on the last sentence that Jesus uh, says in this particular text. And uh, I'm going to show it to you. It's in verse 30. And Jesus finishes the statement we just read by saying this, for my yoke is easy. Everybody say easy. Isn't that a nice word? And my burden is light. Everybody say light. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I see the words easy and light, I'm just enthused. Like those are my kind of words. Like when I see cheesecake and it says light on the top, it means I can eat the whole thing. Right? Because it's light. You know, when it says three easy steps, I'm like, this is perfect for me because I like easy, I like light, we all do. And so I see those words and I'm like, oh, so what Jesus is saying is that if I, if I follow him and if I get in the yoke with him, then everything in my life is easy and light. Oh, that's so wonderful. I mean, isn't that not what you're reading? But, but here's what I want to do, because it's so funny to me how we, we tend to land on certain words and view things through a certain lens. For example, if I say to my kids, and this type of thing happens in our home. I say to my kids, hey guys, I need you all to clean your bedrooms. <laughs> it's already a joke. See, I didn't even say anything yet. <laughs> clean your bedrooms, and then uh, when you're done, we're going to go to Dairy Queen and get ice cream. They only heard one thing, Dairy Queen and ice cream. So I'll come back an hour later, and I walk down the hall, and I'm like, guys, I thought I told you to clean your rooms. And one kid has the audacious nature to say, you never told us to clean our rooms. Another one says, I already did it. And you look inside. It's like, no, you didn't. And then another one's just like, oh, dad said he's not taking us for ice cream. And it's like, wait a minute. (laughs) I said, do the bedroom. And then we go for it. But all they heard was the part they wanted to hear. And we do this, don't we? I mean, when we open up the scriptures and we start reading what God has said to us, we just like pick and choose the things. I want to read the same verse that I just read, but different words are going to be in yellow. Just watch how it changes the significance of the text. Verse 30 again, Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, this is important because Jesus never says that your yoke would be easy and your burden would be light. He said his. Some of you are just like, ooh, I never saw that. (laughs) I was so focused on easy and light, I didn't notice that he's talking about himself. 
And the key to all of this, as it pertains to us following Jesus and walking in his steps, is that Jesus says, I'm not coming over to make what you're doing easy and light. I'm inviting you into what I'm doing. And the reason why what I'm doing is easy and light is because I'm in it. And I have the strength and the ability to do it. So, so why don't you abandon your little plan? Why don't you abandon your little agenda? And why don't you come and join me in what I'm doing in the world and in eternity? Why don't you come and partner up with me and the load will be easy and light because I'm in it? Do you see, the whole emphasis of this text and this verse is on Jesus and what he's doing in the world. Not on you and me and what we're doing in the world, but guess what? We see it. And we twist it around to make it about us. Why? Because as human beings, we are by nature self-centered. There, I said it. We just are. Like, I know you, you work very hard and I work very hard to not be self-centered. So we have to fight against our human nature. But we are. When my wife and I were first married, um, my brother and his wife had gotten married in the same... Su- Excuse me. My brother and his wife got married the same summer. That was a tongue twister. And... They introduced us to a board game called Personal Preference. Anyone ever played that game? A few of you. It's a pretty, pretty odd game. Basically, the deal is this. You have a game board with four colored squares. And then you have these cards that you put the cards out in the squares. And let's say it was a, the category was food. You would have like ice cream and cake, asparagus, and canned peaches. And then the person whose turn it is... In this case, when we were playing the game, it was my wife's turn. Uh, she has to look at the things on the board and put them in order of her personal preference. And of course, if I know my wife really well, then I will guess correctly and score points. And if I guess wrong, I look silly and we get no points. And my brother beats me and I go home in shame. Like, this is the way the game works. All right? And so I just remember this game going, and, and my wife and I, Jessica and I, are winning. And we had been married not as long, so this was good, and I love to win, as some of you know. And so I'm just, I'm just thrilled. This is great. And it's Jessica's turn, and she looks at the things on, the, on the, the board. And I don't remember what they all were. I just remember canned peaches being there. And I thought to myself, that's the winner. Canned peaches are awesome. My wife loves canned peaches. I'm convincing myself, this is, this is the winner. And so when it came to my turn, I, I like pushed my chips, because you can kind of go all in in this game. And I pushed them in like canned peaches, number one, I pushed it in. Double the points, but you lose points if you get it wrong. Yeah. The game's on the line. I push it in on the canned peaches, and uh, Jessica pulls out her cards. Uh, actually, I hate canned peaches, and she had them number four. Bottom line, we lost the game. It was humiliating. And for the next 20 minutes, I followed her around, hounding her, telling her how much she loves canned peaches. <laughs> yeah. And... And I'll never forget, because I'm like, you do, you love canned peaches. And she looked at me, and she's like, no, Nathan, you love canned peaches. And I realized in that moment that even though the game is called personal preference, and it was her turn, I was making it about me. And we do this. We make everything about us because of the self-centered nature that's inside of us. I mean, I know this is true because I've been to the hockey rink. And, And you see Mr. Dad standing on the boards with his head over the glass, yelling at the 15-year-old referee who made a bad call. Ah, you dirty. Poor kid looking like he's scared to death, needs an escort. And we all understand that the purpose of minor sports for kids is that the kids get exercise, and they learn about teamwork, and they have to listen to their coach, even when they don't like it, and they have to obey the the authority, which is the 15-year-old kid in the striped shirt. 
And so they're trying, we're trying to teach the kids these lessons, and the dad is up there hanging over the glass, destroying everything we're trying to teach the kids. The funny thing about that, I know none of you would do this, but the funny thing about that is that the person yelling at the ref on the sideline about seven-year-old Billy, it's not actually about Billy anymore, is it? Somehow it's become about that dad or that mom or whoever is being ridiculous. You know, or the parent that goes to the school and is furious at the teacher for giving their kid a B. It's like, do you know how hard I worked on this assignment? (laughs) How dare you give me a B? I mean, my kid, a B. It's about us. And we want to make everything about us. And it's funny, except when it comes to our faith, when it comes to following Jesus, we want to make our faith, our Christianity, we want to make it all about us too. Let's just be honest. We do. And, and the way we know this is, is, is by, not by our words, but rather by our behavior, right? Because you have Jesus over here saying, come to me, take my yoke, my plan, my agenda, and, and walk with me. But, you know, to be honest, what a lot of us do, and we all do this at times, is we're going, you know, actually, Jesus, I have a better plan. Well, really, you have a better plan than Jesus. Yeah, I do. I think that Jesus, you, with all your power, wisdom, authority, money, he's got lots of money, cattle on a thousand hills, all that. So why don't you take all your stuff and come and join my yoke. Come and support my thing, right? We do this. We do this. How do I know we do this? Because sometimes we only pray when we need something. Now, should you pray when you need something? Sure. But if the only time you pray is when you need him to come and fund or fuel or fix what you're doing, you're probably asking him to come to your yoke instead of you going to his. Do you see, Do you see how that works? Okay? Or if you say, well, you know, I really don't go to church or small group when it's inconvenient for me, but Jesus, you better show up right now. That's about you. I think it's fun to break the commandments. Actually, breaking the commandments is fun for a while. But, you know, I'm just going to keep doing it, and I I just want you to forgive me because I feel guilty. Would you come, okay, and bless my thing? Would you come and accelerate my plans? Would you come and help my situation? This is the way we, all of us, at times approach our faith in a self-centered way. And Jesus is like, hey, that's not Christianity. That is not the way this deal works at all. Now you may be wondering, are you saying, Nathan, are you saying that you shouldn't go to, that you have to, if you go to church every week, you're a good Christian? No, that's not what I'm saying. Are you saying that, that if you don't pray every day, you're not a Christian? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying anything like that. All I'm saying to you is this, that you cannot be the center of your faith. You cannot be the center of your faith. It must be him. Jesus says it in another way. He's using this yoke analogy. Let me share with you one more analogy that Jesus uses in teaching his disciples, a few weeks before he died, he speaks these words in John 15, verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Vine, branches. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him. You see the interconnectivity? The concept of the yoke, once again. You, me, paired up together in tandem. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For, apart from me, you're not going to get in my yoke. If you want to do it your own way, you can do, what's that say? Nothing. So Jesus literally says, hey, look, I, I want you to partner with me, but the only way this thing works is if I'm in charge. The only way this thing works is if you're joining what I'm doing. It does not work the other way around. I'm not coming to do your bidding. You are coming to join me in my work. This is what it means to follow Jesus. Now, for most of us, 
Um, I'm assuming that many people in this room are followers of Jesus and you're Christians. And for most of us, there's a moment of decision along the way. Maybe you were sitting in church one Sunday and there was an opportunity to pray or respond and you, you made a decision in your heart to say, you know what? I've been doing my own thing, but I am now adopting, and you get inside this yoke with Jesus, and you're saying, hey, I am not going to live for myself, I'm going to live for him. I'm not going to do what I want, I'm going to do what he wants. And there's this transition that happens, you get in the yoke with Jesus. Some of you, it's at church, others of you, maybe when you were a kid in Sunday school, or at camp, you threw your stick in the fire, like, yeah, I'm following Jesus, you throw your stick. But it's this moment, it's this event where you say, hey, I am not living for myself, I'm going to follow Jesus Maybe it was watching a baptism. Maybe it was an altar call at a church somewhere. Maybe you were alone in your room and you prayed a prayer that said, God, I've been trying to do this on my own. I'm relying on you. And and a shift, a change happened in your heart. For me, this moment happened to me when I was five years old. I remember praying with my mom uh, one night before bed. And I know, you know, it seems insignificant, but it wasn't insignificant because it meant something to me. And that decision that I made was one that I've continued to hold to. Now, mind you, the journey hasn't been pretty. There were a lot of years in there when I was not faithfully in the yoke with Jesus. I was like the, have you ever seen two horses get yoked up together? For those of you who've been around horses, there's the older, wiser, mature horse. I'm going to get in this thing and show you. So there's the older, wiser, mature horse. There we go. The older, wiser, mature horse here. And then there was me getting in. And this has been my, my journey of faith. Okay, I get in this thing, Jesus is standing there all calm, like he's in control, and he knows what's going to happen, and I don't, and so for me, my journey is like this, eyes wide, you know, flailing around, pulling, yanking, twisting. Have you ever seen a young horse getting put into a yoke? All these chains are clattering, and they're like panicking, and they have to actually put blinders on them so they're not seeing everything around, like, to keep this thing calm, and that's what the journey's been like for me over the years, learning to be in the yoke with Jesus. And so it's a journey, and it's a process for us. Now, um, even though for all these years I've been in the yoke, like partnered with Jesus with my life, um, I'm prone to slide into some ditches, to get off track, to go to some extremes. And I want to share those with you, but um, you know how you end up in a ditch? You stop paying attention, right? You just get your eyes off the road for a bit, and all of a sudden, you know, you're gone. Um, nobody drives into a ditch on purpose, I don't think. When, I first, when my wife and I were first married, I bought a, a Pontiac Sunfire for 500 bucks. It was awesome. You could not, the, half the buttons on the dash didn't work, but you could not kill this thing. It just kept going. and go, I didn't even bother changing the oil because it would just keep going forever. And I remember I was driving it to work one day, and I was heading down the road to work, and it was snowy, it was slippery. And I looked, and I saw the curve way up there, and I thought, got lots of time to unwrap this bagel with cream cheese. And so I turned, and I'm, I'm doing this thing, driving with my knee, and I look up, please don't do that, it's not safe, as I'm about to tell you. Uh, I look up, and the curve is right there, and I'm going too fast. And I hit the brakes, and the car spins out, slams into the ditch, and I'm sitting in the ditch like this, sideways, in my sunfire. And I wasn't mad about the car, because I knew it would survive. Uh, I, it didn't bother me that I was going to be late for work or pay for a tow truck. What really made me angry was my bagel with cream cheese landed on the salty mat. I think I chipped a tooth eating it while waiting for the tow truck. The point is, you end up 
sliding into a ditch when you're not paying attention, when you get your eyes off the mark, and all of a sudden, it just happens. And I think this happens. So for most of us, as we, as we get into this yoke with Jesus, we start living the Christian life, there is a tendency for us to slide in, in one of two directions. And I want to illustrate that for you today, show you what they are. Um, what I'm going to need, though, is I'm going to need a volunteer, someone who can come up and be here for quite some time. You're going to be standing in for Jesus. Have we got someone who can come and do that for me? Don't everybody run at once. Um, so when you ask for a volunteer, you never know what you're going to get. Okay, Duncan, he is an experienced Jesus. He's done this before. Come on up, Duncan. This time I got you a name tag so people don't confuse us. So you want to come up here and stand here, put that name tag on you. All right, <clears throat> here we go. So here's Jesus. Here's me. So you're just going to stand there and look very spiritual. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Um, so, so there are kind of two directions, two extremes that we're going to tend to as we're trying to live out the Christian life in partnership with Jesus. We're we're doing His stuff, and we're trying to drive with His agenda. But there's there's a problem. The first one is is simply this: that that you could become a worker. Okay, and I'm starting with this one because this is me. A worker is someone who says it all depends on me. And so, even though I got in the yoke to do His work. And I got in to do it with him. Here's what I get. Here's what I do sometimes. You just stand still, okay? I start like running ahead. And I'm like, ah, trying to do it in my own strength. So there's this load I'm supposed to pull, like husband, father, you know, leader, all this stuff. And I'm trying to do it in my own strength. Like, ah, why isn't this working? Ah, this is so hard. I'm pushing into the yoke on my own strength. Now, if you're like me, and you're a type A driven personality, and you like to just get it done, like if someone had to call me a workaholic or lazy, most people that know me would say, he's a workaholic. So I'm tending on the side of work, 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 get it done, do it, do it, do it. Okay, that's where I lean. So if I'm not careful, I start sliding into a ditch. Workers are the kind of people that run ahead. I'm going to get ahead of Jesus. I love the story. There was a farmer, okay? And this farmer had a farm and he was sitting on his porch and, and the spring thaw was just finished. And he sees the finger of God writing in the sky, G-P. And he had just been praying, God, what do you want me to do? And he sees G-P and he goes, go preach. And so he, he leaves the farm and he flies to India and he gets out on a tent and he starts preaching to everybody. Ten years later, he comes back and he's sitting on the same porch going, that didn't work. He said, God, I don't understand. You told me to go preach. And God speaks to him in that still small voice. He's like, I told you to go plow. <laughs> That's me. I'm, some of you are like me. You're the type of person that just like run ahead of them. It's like, ah, you're just like leaning into that thing. Like if I work hard enough, if I'm a good enough person, God will love me. If I, if I work hard enough, my marriage will be successful. If I do enough good things, then my kids will be perfect. <laughs> right? It's like if I do, if I do enough, if I work enough, if I work hard enough, this is all going to work out. In essence, what's happening for the worker is, is I'm pressing into the yoke and essentially saying, you know what, Jesus, you just you hang back. I got this. You know, you gave me these strengths and abilities, so I'm just going to do that. You just watch, right? And so Jesus is just kind of like, yeah, he's just like, go for it. He just crosses his arms. Yeah, he just crosses his arms, relaxing. I'm like, ah, why isn't this working? And here's how I know this is happening in my life. Because this is the ditch I slide into. You know how I know when I'm running ahead of him? You know how I know when I'm doing it all in my own strength? Um, I, start, um, I start to feel exhausted, <laughs> right? I start feeling exhausted. 
Not physically exhausted, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I'm just like, God, I can't do this anymore. How could you ask me to do something that is so heavy and so hard for me to lift? And I'm just like, ah, I'm just trying so hard and I'm exhausted and I'm weary. And yet he said, take my yoke upon you for my burden is easy. my, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's like, why am I not experiencing that? Because I'm not in step with him. I'm running ahead of him. I'm pushing it ahead in my own strength instead of relying on him. You see the problem. And so I'm driving ahead. I'm driving ahead. The other thing that happens in time is I start to be resentful of Jesus. I'm starting to resent you, Jesus. Because I'm here doing all this stuff for you. Like you, I, I'm trying to lead my family and I'm trying to run a church and I'm trying to do all this stuff and I'm doing it for you and you're not even helping me. And Jesus is sitting there, again, so calmly. He's very quiet, very stoic. And Jesus is just sitting there and he's like, well, maybe the problem is, Nathan... That you're doing all this stuff for me instead of with me. Oh, stink. Like, it just, just hits me between the eyes. Like, oh my goodness, I am trying to do what he's called me to do without him. And we can do this, right? Like, as parents. Like, I'm going to save my kids. I'm going to turn them around, come hell or high water. And you're, just like, in their face, driving them away. Trying to do it, do it, do it. Ah, where are you, Jesus? Why aren't you helping me? And so we, we, we're trying to make it happen. We're working, we're working, we're working, we're working. You know, in the New Testament, there were a group of people who were very much like this. Jesus, they're called Pharisees. See, the Pharisees did all the right things for all the wrong reasons. The Pharisees were so good at showing up at church and giving money and serving and being seen. In fact, even the, the, the vegetables and herbs in their garden, they would divide them up. 10% goes to God and 90% goes to me. I mean, they were so meticulous about keeping all the things and rules. And Jesus looks at them and he says, on the outside you look like beautiful whitewashed tombs, but inside you're full of dead bones. Like there's something wrong. You're, you think that you're pleasing God and doing it in your own strength. It's a joke. You're not working with me. You're working against me. You're trying to run ahead of me. This is how uh, we can get off track. This is one ditch. Now, some of you are like, that's not my ditch. So let me talk about the other ditch that you can slide into. And it looks a little different. The other ditch is this. We have the worker, the one who runs ahead trying to do it in their own strength. And then we have the waiter. So now, the waiter, and, and here's the thing. Both of these look extremely spiritual. Right? You can be a worker. And people that know you, people that see you at church are like, that person is so spiritual, they do everything. They are just, they're just knocking it out of the park for Jesus, but they're doing it in their own strength. They're weary, exhausted, and frustrated. Now there's the waiter. The waiter also looks spiritual. The waiter is like this. Jesus has got to pull them because they're not doing nothing. Like They're just waiting. It's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm waiting for Jesus. And he's like, come on, come on. Right? Like, hey, can you help stack some chairs? I need to pray about that. No, you don't. Stack some chairs, you lazy thing. Right? Like... There are, there are some things you pray about and some things you just don't need to pray about. You understand what I'm saying? And so we make it spiritual and it's like God's trying to lead them somewhere. It's like, oh no, hey, there's someone that you need to forgive. Yeah, I know. One day God is going to miraculously bring them to my table at Wendy's and we're going to sit down and this is all going to just flow out naturally and it's going to be wonderful. I'm waiting for my divine appointment. Call them up. Jesus is like, I've forgiven you. You call them up, ask forgiveness, make it right. Nope. Right? So this is, this is another ditch. We got the, I'm going ahead, doing it in my own strength. And then we got the, I'm laying back and waiting for him to do it all. You know what? I need money. I got to pay my bills. And, and God is my source and my provider. Yes, that's true. So you're going to work, right? No, I think I'm going to sit home and watch Netflix and wait for that mysterious check to arrive in the mail. 
Sounds spiritual, it's not, right? His will, his bill. That's my motto, yeah. So it's like, I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna sit back and I'm I'm gonna let God do all the work. And this is not, this is not the image we're given by Jesus. Jesus talks about being in the yoke. So we're, the idea here is that we're in tandem, right? The idea, Jesus says these words. He says, um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What Jesus invites us to is partnership. But in order for us to be in partnership, we have to stay in step with him. So the Christian life looks like this. Let's back up Jesus, okay? The idea is, okay, this is how this thing works. Whenever Jesus takes a step, I'm going to follow him and take a step. And, and if he turns, I'm going to turn. If he goes backwards, I'm going backwards. But I'm not leading the way. I'm, I'm in step. You see the idea of being in step with him. I'm not rushing ahead. I'm not doing it in my own strength. I'm not leaning back expecting him to drag me along. I am in step. As you read through the Bible, here's what you're going to discover. God always acts first, and he wants his people to respond. He forgives us, so we forgive others. He loves us, so we love others. He he gives us strength, so we use that strength to do the work that he has placed at our hands to do. There's a response. There's a response. So this this is a beautiful image. When we're walking in tandem, let's do I'm I'm waiting for you. I'm, I'm following. So, all right. As he steps, I'm stepping. We're running out of room. (laughs) This is what the Christian life looks like when in tandem with Jesus. What he does, whatever I see him do, I do. Wherever he goes, I go, right? (laughs) That's good, all right? This is the idea. So, So I'm living in step. I'm living in step with the one that I'm yoked up with. You guys give him a round of applause. Thanks, Duncan. Appreciate it. Thank you. So this is, this is the goal of the Christian life. The goal of the Christian life is to stay in step with him. And honestly, um, when, you, when you see horses and they're, and they're yoked up together in this, in this deal, I'm telling you, the, the, the young, stupid one, that's us, okay, is paired up with the old, wise, mature one. And the wise one is just standing there all calm while the kids, the school kids are running around waiting for their wagon ride. And it's just like standing there. And then the young horse is like, trying, and it's just like, that's us. And he invites us to just learn from him and to just settle in. And when he moves, we move. And when he stops, we stop. This is a beautiful picture of what it means to be in step with him. You may be saying, so what does that even look like? What does that look like? Well, first of all, when you have two horses together, it's amazing this thing of partnership. You get two horses that work together for a while, they begin to just know what each other's doing. It's like sports. You get a, a hockey line, you know, and the three forwards, they've been playing together for a decade. They just know where each other are. The guy will skate behind the net and just flip the puck and it lands on the other guy's stick. And you go, how did they do that? They've been doing it so long, they know where each other is. They've been doing it so long, they just, they just get it. And, and as we progress in this journey of faith, we, we, we learn to listen for the voice of our Savior. We learn to hear him. We learn what he's doing and we watch what he's doing, and we join in, and over time, it just becomes second nature. It's like, oh, here he goes. He's moving. I'm moving with him. Hey, he's, he's stopping. I'm just going to wait in faith. And the beautiful thing about this image that I just showed you is it is faith and works together. Faith, James says, faith without works is dead. So we have faith in God, but there's these moments when he asks us to take a step and do some works. Faith and works. Faith and works. Working together in tandem 
with Jesus. And so how do you, how do you get better at staying in the yoke and staying in step with him? Open up this book and start reading the words of Jesus. Start reading the scriptures. And you'll begin, you'll begin to learn how God thinks. You'll begin to learn how God acts and behaves. And, and it won't be a surprise to you. You'll be like, oh, I already I know because he's been doing this for 2,000, 4,000, whatever number of years. I'm just moving with him. I know what he's doing. You can talk to God. Start your day by saying, hey, God, I know where I'm going today. I'm going to work. I know what I'm eating for lunch. I just packed it. But I have no idea what's coming today. And I want to make sure I'm in step with you. It's amazing how God will lead you when you're aware of his presence beside you, when you're taking steps throughout the day to listen and obey. It's amazing what can happen. Um, this past week, there was um, around the middle of the week, I was exhausted. I just, I'd had a whole bunch of long days in a row, just the way the schedule went. And I remember coming home, and I was just absolutely exhausted because I've been doing work for Jesus. Because I'm a pastor, I can... We can all say that, but I can really say that. I was a pastor. So I come home, and I was exhausted. I got home at like 7 o'clock after some meetings, and my kids were like, hey, Daddy's home. And I just like walked upstairs and flopped down on the bed. And I was half asleep. I was falling asleep. And, um, and I heard my 7-year-old daughter, Nora, she come tromping into the room, and she's like, oh, Daddy's sleeping. And then she went back downstairs. And I was laying there, and, uh, and I felt the nudge the nudge of, of God's spirit, just saying, hey. And you know what he said to me? He said, it's time for your second shift. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I work, oh, I've been working for days. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I just need to sleep. I deserve that. I've been working for the, it's like the husband, right? The husband, uh, you know, working around the clock, workaholic, and the wife says to him, hey, I need you to be home. The kids need you to be home. And the husband says, don't you know I'm doing this for you? And she's like, oh, really? <laughs> really? That's for me? Uh, it was one of those, right? So I'm laying there in bed. And he's like, second shift. I'm like, oh, but I've been working so hard. I deserve a break. No one, everyone will understand. And I'm like, okay, second shift. I'm with you, God, but I don't have the strength. And then I heard another word. I do. So I got out of bed. And I went downstairs to see what was going on. And Nora wanted to play hide and seek Full yard edition, you know, you know, the whole property was uh, in limits. And I was like, okay, man, I'm in on this thing. I- I'm doing this. And so the game started, and I was half asleep, so I didn't know where to hide. So I jumped inside the hot tub, and um, it was on. And I shut the lid so no one would find me. Uh, I almost died, but I won. So that's, that's <laughs> I did. Turned into some great memories. And then I had to tell the kid, never do that, ever. Only dad has insurance. <laughs> Man. When, when your faith um, looks like this image that, you know, Duncan and I were just in step, in step. He moves, I move. When, when you get into that, that rhythm of listening and obeying and walking with Jesus, that's where your faith gets exciting. Like, that, that's where it gets really interesting. It's not just like, oh, there's a bunch of commands I have to keep. Now it's like I'm listening for the voice of my Lord and Savior. I'm wanting to see where he's working and step into it. I want to make sure that I'm close enough to him that I can feel what he's doing and move in step with him. That is where your faith becomes exciting and relevant. I'm going to ask the band to come up because I wanted to close this message series, this this whole idea that we've been talking about um, with with an opportunity for each of you to reflect on on where you might be with all of this. Because honestly, all of us are, are going to be dealing with different things 
And the goal, of course, is to enter into his yoke and to partner with him and to live in step with him. But sometimes, sometimes we get sidetracked. And so maybe there are some folks in this room today and, and you're still back at the start of my sermon when I said, you know, we're inviting Jesus to come and to do our thing. And Jesus is saying, come to me. I want you to come and lay down your agenda and your plan. It's crazy to think that we think our plan is better than our creator's plan. Do you realize how silly that is? And he invites us to lay down our plan, our agenda for our lives and say, what do you have for me? And enter into his. And maybe you're here today and that's the decision you need to make. Maybe today is one of those moments where you say, this is where my life changes directions. Maybe there's others of us in this place who are, <laughs> who are workers like me. And you're trying to do the Christian life and trying to do parenting, work, relationships, and you're trying to do it in your own strength. And you're exhausted and weary. Jesus says, come and I'll give you rest. When you lay down your agenda and embrace his, you get his strength too. And so Jesus invites us to to just kind of pull back and then to lean in with him and push that thing together. It's amazing what can happen. Or maybe you're here and, and you're that person, you're the waiter. You've been the person that's just kind of sitting back and God's trying to get you. There's something he's been talking to you about doing. Maybe you need to ask someone for forgiveness. Maybe you need to send someone some money. Maybe you need to do something specific that God's been trying to get you to do. And you're like, I'm just waiting for you to do it. And he's like, no, today's the day you act. I've moved. I want you to move in tandem with me. And so I don't know which, which of those is you. But today can be a, a moment and an opportunity for you to take a step. to get in the yoke with him. It's an adjustment. And you know, here's the beautiful thing about what I'm talking about today. Nobody on the outside will notice anything different, but something can radically shift inside. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever experienced that? Where you're still doing all the same things, but the reason why you're doing it has now shifted. God wants to transform our hearts and bring us into partnership with his son. And we pull together. This is the power of partnership in the yoke. And so I asked the band to, to play a song. It's called, Oh, Come to the Altar. It's an elevation song. I want you to listen to the words. You can stay seated as they sing. Um, for those that aren't familiar with the altar terminology, in the Old Testament, whenever somebody met God in a special way, they built a stone altar and they would sacrifice something. And it was a place of dedication. It was a place of commitment. It was a place of surrender. It was a holy moment. And they would come back to it time and time again and be like, this is the place where I met God. And so today, we don't, we're not going to have you come up to the front like we don't even have an altar in this church, but there's an altar in your heart, and this is an opportunity for you to respond to God and meet Him there. So I want you to listen to the words, and maybe we'll sing along, and I'll come back and pray with us immediately following. Thanks. Are you broken within? Overwhelmed by the way Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar, the Father. Forgiveness 
is no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring yourself, trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Welcome to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was blowing the precious blood. Come on, stand and sing this with me. Welcome to the altar. The Father's arms are open
God, you will do in us all the things that you have said you would do in us and through us. God, thank you for each person in this place. For this moment, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.